I'm Lisa Mullins, and this is The World. General Norman Schwarzkopf died yesterday at the age of 78. He's being remembered in the U.S. as the man who led Allied forces to victory in the Gulf War in 1991. That war was largely seen here as having liberated Kuwait after an invasion by the former Iraqi dictator Saddam Hussein. The view from the Middle East is a bit more complex. On the line with us now is journalist Jane Araf. During the Gulf War, Jane, I know that you were reporting for Reuters from Jordan. Take us back to that time as General Schwarzkopf and the Bush administration were prosecuting this war and what you saw and heard at the time. Well, there was, as you remember, quite a lot of run-up to the war. But when the war did start, I think nobody really expected the extent of the bombardment. That terribly devastating ground war, 100 hours of it. And during that ground war and the associated air campaign and the sorties, they managed to devastate the infrastructure of an entire country. So there were thousands and thousands of Iraqis and other nationalities pressed up against that border, some of them starting to come through and telling terrible tales of what was happening inside Iraq. Tell us some of the things that they were telling you, and to what extent General Schwarzkopf and his forces were responsible for those things? Well, you know, General Schwarzkopf in Iraq was seen as basically the military man who was carrying out the policy of George Bush Sr. And this was very much seen as Bush's war. But in terms of that military policy, it was really those airstrikes, those bombings that targeted the infrastructure, roads and bridges, water treatment plants, and most of all, electricity. They had known war before, of course. I mean, sadly, they're used to war, but they had never known anything like this. So you're talking about the people of Iraq there. What was Schwarzkopf's reputation in the region after American troops were called back home by the Bush administration? Some said very prematurely because Saddam Hussein was still alive and active. What was the reaction on the ground? The reaction to calling in the troops was essentially one of betrayal. In the South, the Shias had been told through radio broadcasts in the region, funded and sponsored by the United States, that the rebellion was growing, that it could topple Saddam Hussein. And they went out in the streets and they tried to bring about an uprising that could actually threaten him. That didn't work, of course. And in the North, of course, U.S. officials had told Jalal Talabani and other Kurdish leaders that they would support them if they launched an uprising. Jalal Talabani, who's in poor health himself these days, tells a story of waiting for that phone call from Washington, promised airstrikes, the promised air support that never came. That led to almost two million Kurds fleeing to the Turkish border in the winter and thousands dying. Is there any sector in the Middle East that holds General Schwarzkopf as a popular figure or as a hero, as uh, many in the U.S. military and defense circles do? Absolutely. Saddam Hussein, it's, it's hard to put forth the power that he held at that time, and not just the power internally, but the power that he held in the region as a force to be feared. So Norman Schwarzkopf in Saudi Arabia, in Kuwait, of course, was absolutely seen as a hero. Jane Araf is a freelance journalist based in Iraq for the Christian Science Monitor and Al Jazeera International. She's reported from Iraq since 1991. Thank you, Jane. Thank you.